Welcome to the Known Legacy Podcast, by Dads for Dads, coming at you from the Lone Star State Cigar Shop in Allen, Texas. For more info, go to www.knownlegacy.org or look for us on social media under Known Legacy. Now here's your host, Bill and Travis. So, I don't know, I was just having a conversation with this guy. I just met Mark. Great guy. You're a good judge of character, by the way. He seems like a good guy. You met him like 30 seconds. I know. He seems like a good dude, he's though. A good, he's a good dude. He's got a good heart. You can already tell it from his personality. Church planner. His, yeah. Wife starting a school. Entrepreneur. Fantastic. And so we started talking about why I started Known Legacy. Yeah. And, you know, I kept looking at the church. And I get frustrated sometimes with the church. And I'm probably the only one. Yeah. Yeah. You're the only one. In the world. Yeah. Because everyone else, particularly guys, love going to church. I mean. Love it. They're the first ones there. <laughs> and, uh. You know, and if you go over ten minutes and the football game's about to start, they're like, No, go longer. Go longer. Go longer. I want to miss the first second quarter. I Let's don't go. want a nap today. I do not want to do lawn work. I want to sit in the church. Exactly. All day long. Absolutely. Absolutely. All the live long day. So <laughs> so I kept seeing so I kept seeing um you know, I was like the church in America was declining. It's still declining. I think I heard like 4,000 churches close their door every year. Right. And I know that almost an equal amount start up again, you know, that kind of thing. But I'm going, we're seeing this constant decline in like attendance and things like that. And I just kept going, what makes up the DNA of the church? And I was like, it's the family. I was like, what is supposed to make up the DNA of the family? Was the dad. The dad's supposed to be the leader of that family. Right. And I was like, where are the dads? Like, where are the where are the, the guys in our church? And most guys, now this is a broad brush stroke. So I know we're talking to a giant, you know, a group of audience of people that are from different walks of life and have different points of view. So be gracious to me as I say hey, this. And let's be honest, some of the guys are listening to this just because their wife, maybe, like, like, has said, just listen to this. Just listen to just this. for the love of God, just do it one time. Yeah, and, listen and to like, this thing. Whatever. Whatever, I'll listen to it. And so. <laughs> Does that I mean just, I have a chance tonight? I'll listen to it. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Does that I'm sorry. It doesn't all devolve to that, but at some level, uh, I'm pretty sure a lot of it goes down. <laughs> There's at least a good 97% of it that kind of goes back to And sex. for the wives that are listening, they might go, oh, that's so wrong. These no, guys are not. pigs. It's not. Well, we are pigs. <laughs> we are. But I mean, our wives married us. <laughs> sorry, wives. <laughs> sorry, wives. So anyways, I digress. Keep going. So, so I kept seeing guys who had come to church and open your Bible, or they would serve. And so many of them were bored. And they weren't living the adventure that God called them to. And they weren't, they weren't becoming who God designed them to be. Or they, would, they came in with this preconceived idea of how boring and weak Jesus was. And they weren't alive. And they were struggling with sin, whatever it was. Because the church is obsessed with the things you shouldn't do. Correct. And, 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 and it has neglected the painting of the picture and the dream. Of, no, 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 this is what God has called you to. Yeah, and so I guess I looked and I saw that a strong dad or a, or a, a dad who's a follower of Jesus who's pursuing the heart of God on a daily basis helps cultivate a family of people who pursue the heart of God on a daily basis and become more like Jesus, which helps in turn the church pursue what is, is put on their heart to become more like Jesus and they change the world. Right. Because the church, because of Jesus, we're the only hope. And so with that, it went back down to let's keep peeling back layers and going, ah, this dad element of it. And they get caught up 
and then the enemy entices them with something else, whether it's money, or it's or it's uh, or it's or it's golf on on certain days, or it's an identity outside of that, and it just becomes this this idea of of they see an adventure outside of the church because the church has not has not kind of uh, promoted this idea of pursuing the bigger thing that God's put on your heart. Right, right. And so I don't know. I guess I guess that that's the passion of known legacy. That's the desire. Um, for wanting to see men come alive to do what God's called them to do and to challenge them and go, no, no, wait, wait, wait. Let's do a timeout. Let's look and, and, and reassess and go, am I really becoming who God's designed me to become? So how do you, how do you break that cycle? Because honestly, most of us, um, when we were little kids, you know, great stories is all about, you know, um, don't do this, do that. You know, you have the Ten Commandments. Don't do this. You know, don't commit adultery. Don't murder and everything else. And, and, and how do you break that cycle? Like, how do you envision us as guys breaking that cycle from being consumed by a God who tells me what I shouldn't do and becoming released to become the guy that God is calling me to? I think because we're coming to the wrong God. We're not coming to the right view of who God is. Oh. This is bigger picture of I just don't want to piss him off today. <laughs> right, right. Really? Because honestly, that's how most of our relationships are with our dad. Yeah. Like, like I lived a lot of my teenage years just saying, A, I'm going to hide it so my dad doesn't find it because if my dad finds it, he's going to be pissed off at me. And B, I really shouldn't do that because it's going to piss him off. Yeah. You and know? then other guys. And so it was too, all like, fear-based. It was yeah. all fear-based. And so I think that's where we, we struggle with connecting with other, with other guys, too, because it's like, well, maybe they, they'll, they'll just reject me like every other person does. Or, they, right. you know, or, I'll, or I'll walk in the state that, I, that when they find out the real me, they'll be sick of me pretty quick. And they'll want to go to something else. And again, there's nothing wrong with golf. There's nothing wrong with, with doing things. It's just the idea of when we, we see the greater adventure in those things and not in what God's called us to be. And that sounds so blanket and so boring, even as I say it, because we're still preconceived with this idea that church is Mr. Rogers' neighborhood. And it's not a battle, and it's not, it's not something that we can be victorious in. And the pursuits that we have of, of our wives and things are, are, are substandard to, to, to what, to what the, to what the church has called us to, which is don't have sex before you're married. Don't do, you know, don't, don't do drugs. Don't Don't swear. Don't dance. Don't, don't, don't like a whole bunch of like do not things instead of, man, we have been given so many things. You know, I I keep remembering that when God created the world, and I heard this somewhere, that when God created the world, he created the world with one no, and everything else was a yes. Yeah, yeah. Like, can we run around naked? Yep. Can we have sex? Yep. <laughs> can we plant this garden? Yep. Just don't eat that fruit. Just that one fruit. That one That one fruit. Freaking tree. Don't do it. Don't do that. Can we eat this? Yep. Can we have, yeah. Can we go fishing? Yep. Can we go, what, whatever we need to do, whatever we need to yep. Like, can we go do, yeah, we can go. Just go and, go and tend the ground. Make babies any way you want to. <laughs> Be fruitful, multiply. That Maybe was it. Down to Paradise City. Yeah. Where the grass is green. And yeah, it was just up there. <laughs> and, uh, and, I, and I, we, it still exists that way. The world yeah. still exists with this idea of one no and a whole bunch of yeses. But we have, but no, that no is sin. That's it. Right. But we have said, no, I can't do this. I can't do this. I, I, no, that's not responsible. That's this. And when we allow the enemy to speak into that, and, and we, we don't allow ourselves to become alive, so then we get bitter because we feel like the church, 
i.e. God, is telling us not to do these things because that's not responsible, that's not the, and we're like, wait a minute, we need to come to this understanding that God has called us to more. But we may be being even even led, and now, now I'm touching the subject, we may be allowing ourselves to be led in our congregations, in our churches, by someone who's never been alive. Yeah. And yeah. they're passing it on to us. That's a third rail. So there's a whole nother side <laughs> of that that I don't know if I want to go into today. So, so maybe instead of looking at the church that we belong to or the pastors that, and I'm going to use the word pastors, yeah. that, that um, are very loyal and very studious and everything yeah. else, but the reality is maybe they're not living an adventurous life or something that is compelling to us. I, I want to take our eyes off of that person, and let's look at Jesus just for a minute, because we miss sometimes. We've over-feminized Jesus, and we forget the masculine side of Jesus and who he really was. Let's not kid ourselves. He... He, just by who he was, people could not help but follow him. I love this story in, in, in Matthew, or Mark 6, Mark 6. So he sends the disciples out on this crazy adventure. He sends them out two by two, and he sets them up to be like the impossible. He says, don't take any extra money. Don't take extra clothes. Don't even take extra transportation. Just leave it all behind because you're going to have to rely on me. That's a crazy crazy adventure and so the disciples come back and he and they're sent out and they're like heal people drive out demons bring peace to places of conflict right yeah and so that's what they go out and do they come back together they're having this amazing time where they're talking to each other and sharing these adventure stories they're getting amped up and excited about it the crowd is excited about so they're gathering around him and, and it, it says this in scripture, they were hungry, but they couldn't find a bite to eat or they couldn't get a bite to eat because the crowd was so intense around them. So Jesus goes, hey, guys, let's go off to the other side of the, the lake. Let's get in the boat. Let's go to the other side of the lake. So they get in the boat. They go to the other side. You know what the people did? It says they ran around the lake and beat Jesus and the disciples to the other side. Because they so wanted to be with him. Now, I don't know about you, but that sounds like a guy that I want to follow. And that sounds like a dude that, like, there's an adventure. There is an excitement there that people are willing to run around a lake and beat a boat that has a straight line as a crow's flies to that landing spot. Yeah. And and we've missed that because we've, we've, we've transformed Jesus into this, like, this, this suave commercial with the, the wind-blown hair, the baby blue eyes, and... He's always got a lamb on his shoulder. Me. Yeah. Come to me, all who are weary. Like, Jesus Jesus had a wicked sense of humor. Yeah. Like, he was he was intense. He was, he was crazy. In some ways, the world saw that he was crazy and things that he was doing. But he lived this crazy adventure life that was um, it, it not even just enticing, but just, man, people longed to be around him. And so I agree with you. I think a lot of what we've done is, is we've missed who Jesus really is because often we've lived our faith through others, not actually diving into the scriptures ourselves to find out, okay, who is this Jesus? What is this crazy life that he's lived and now he's calling me to live? And why is it that when he lived this life, people would freaking run around a lake to be with him? There's a story in, uh, I think it's 1 Samuel with Jonathan. I love It's one of my favorite stories because... We don't well, cast not this. I'm in love with Jonathan, but you know, yeah, you know yeah, what I'm I saying. You. I hear you. And and we don't we don't cast this on ourselves because we think that all these stories are from these amazing men. There was liter- There's nothing different in you and those people. And like, well, they heard from God, or they no 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 no. They allowed God to speak to right. to them. Right. 
And Jonathan, I love it. There's this great story. If you get a chance, I, I'm trying to remember which part of First Samuel, but that just means you have to look for it. <laughs> it's Jonathan and the Philistines. And his dad is waiting under a, I think it's a pomegranate tree. Right. And, and his dad, by the way, just in case you didn't know Bible history or Bible stories, yeah. his dad is King Saul. King Saul was the first king of the Israelite people. Um, the Israelite people wanted a king. They didn't want God to be the ruler anymore. So they demanded that they get a king because they thought that was the solution. And God warned him. He goes, dude, you don't want a king. Trust me, you don't want a king. And they, the people rose up and were like, no, we want a king. He's like, fine, here's Saul. Saul was like taller than everyone else. Yeah. He looked the part. Tall, dark, and handsome. He, 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 he played the part. Everything else, the problem was he didn't live the adventure that God called him to. He decided he wanted his own adventure. And so he started to decide what to do and what not to do. Jonathan is his son. Yeah. So you've got this, you got this boy who is, who is, well, he's not even a boy. He's, he's a man and he's a warrior. Yeah. And, uh, and he didn't want to wait around for his dad to act. He was upset. So him and his armor bearer one night say, Hey, we're just going to go up to the Philistines and we're going to attack them. And, and I love it. It says, he goes, and God might be with us. <laughs> right. There's not a guarantee. It wasn't like a, Oh, um, and God will, you know, will, will not withhold anything from me. Kind of. It's like, Hey, Hey, I got this idea. You know, Tommy, get up. Grab, gra- grab the sword, grab, grab the shield, grab all my stuff. The armor bearer was just someone who was there with him right. to kind of provide what he needed. And he also fought with him. Right. And so, so here he was kind of his right hand man. Okay, let's go up. And here's the deal. He, if you look at this story, everything was against Jonathan. So he's like, okay, so if they want us to climb up the hill, right. Then that means that they want us, that, then that means that God's going to, God's going to give them into our hands. Have you guys ever mountain climbed? Have you ever rock climbed? And you know when like like I've only rock climbed a few times, but you know even those like walls that you climb up, yeah. they had like you're like you're like belayed in the back, and you're trying to climb up, <laughs> and you get up there, and your fingers are like cramped closed, dude. Like for two days, you can't button your own shirt because your your hands are yeah, like your hands are shaking <laughs> like crazy. <laughs> yes. And so 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 think about this. Put put this in the real the real perspective because this was a real story of a guy who really said, God, you, I'm not gonna wait around. I'm gonna do what you've called me to do. So he goes up, says, "Okay, I'm, if they tell me to come up, that means that he's take that that we have a chance to kill these guys." So like, yeah, yeah, come on up. I always think of like Monty Python, <laughs> like the, <laughs> like the, you know, your mother was a spread of elderberries, you know, like that kind of thing. But like beyond that, so he goes crawling up this this kind of side of a mountain. He gets up there, and he didn't have time to like wait around. It wasn't like in the Princess Bride when he's up on the top and he's like. I'm going to give you a minute, you know, Monty, you know, Indigo Montoya, who like yeah. let him sit there for a minute. Yeah. And then they fought. He got up there. And then the description says he pulls out the sword of his arm bearer and he just starts killing guys after climbing up this mountain. And then an earthquake just so happened to happen. Like God was on his side. Right. And the entire Philistine army wakes up and they just start killing each other. Two guys. One guy who had the chance to say, I'm going to just, I'm going to. I'm going to have the balls to trust God today and do something great. And then I look at that story for so long and I was like, well, that's because Jonathan and God's like, no, that is everybody. That is our opportunity to go and change the world. We've been called to that. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter where we come from in our situation. God is called. You know why? And you know why I know that? Because in the scriptures also, God looks at David, at David, who is Jonathan's best friend. He was a shepherd. 
from one of the lowliest families. Yep. He was the rejected kid. Forgotten. Forgotten. Like, like that's the crazy part of the story. When, when all of a sudden um, they were looking for a new king because Saul had flamed out. He, he had turned corrupt and he was no longer following God. So God came on. He was looking for a new king. And all of a sudden um, they go to the family that, the, the, that God had revealed. This is where the kings had come from. They went through all of the sons. No one. And then finally Samuel goes, uh, Dad, do you have any other kids? And the dad's like, oh! Oh yeah, I do have one more. His name's David. He's out in the flock right now. He he's tending. He's out in the field tending the flock. And uh, yeah, I, I'll guess I'll go get him. But there's nothing impressive about him. Talk about a wound. Like that probably wasn't the first time the dad rejected him. <laughs> Dude, have you ever forgotten your kid someplace? No. Well, yes, yes, I have. <laughs> yes, we have a have. story <laughs> of that actually in one of the earlier podcasts. But that's just one of the many. Dude, there's nothing like rolling in. I forgot my daughter to pick her up one time, and we yeah. talked about this. There's no man the 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 hurt and the cut. To being forgotten like that, oh, that sucks. That so could sucks. you imagine, this is a daily rejection. Yeah. So if you're out there going, man, my dad never loved me, never cared for me, blah, 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 you know, all these things, you're not alone. The man, In fact, the only person that the scripture said was a man after God's own heart had that same kind of father. Yep. And so God did not define him by, by where he came from. He defined him by what he decided to accept God as. And he's like, mm. God is, God is my dad. God is in love with me. God is for me. And so here we have this guy who is, you know, as the scriptures say, that, 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 that God didn't see him for the outside, the outside flesh that he was because God looks on the heart. That's right. exactly what it said. It said God doesn't look on the outside. God looks on the heart. And when he saw a man after God's own heart, he saw David. And that's what he sees in us. That's what he sees in you. But we have rejected that so many times. We've allowed the enemy to speak this death into us to go, man, we don't, we don't have what it takes. We can't make this happen. And maybe it's because of the, the sin that we've got caught up in. Maybe it's because of the issues that are, that are in our lives. Right. You know, I keep thinking about um, Gollum from, from, from Lord of the Rings. Are you, are you a Lord of the Ring guy? I, have you ever LARPed? Do you know what LARPing is? I've heard of LARP. Yeah. It's, it's live action role play. It's where, where people go out and they dress up as like, have you ever done that? I never have. <laughs> I never have. No. But if my kid did, I respect him. <laughs> and I would be yes, I would, would be for him. Yes, absolutely. Go, Yay, let's go make a shield for you. Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, so no, I've never live action role played. <laughs> um, but I do like Lord of the Rings. I think I like it because of the spiritual significance because Gollum found this ring that was hidden for so long. Right. And and if you read if you if you're familiar with Lord of the Rings, like the story in the books are really cool. I didn't read all the books because, God, they're long. Yeah, they're so long, dude. But they're cool. I think they're really good. For, I have a friend who, who like read them all. So yeah. I feel like, by <laughs> so osmosis, by silly living through my friend. Exactly. I know someone who read them all, so I'm cool. So I'm, I'm good. Cool. <laughs> but but even watching the movie, you see the spiritual significance that Gollum was a normal dude. Right. And he was a hobbit, you know, and. And, and he found this ring, and then as years go on, this ring destroyed him. Like, like, like it, he, he lost all relationships. In fact, he killed someone to get this ring, and then he himself starts to degrade. Right. But he doesn't die completely, but he just gets ruined and wrecked by— Wicked, yeah. Yeah, and, and it's this idea that, the man, we allow this sin that catches up to us all the time to begin to—you to, know, the sin that so easily gets us— to destroy us, even though we don't see, we're like, no, I'm fine. I'm fine. I can do that once in a while. I'll be okay. Yeah. But it's destroying us. And we don't see that that's stopping us from becoming who God's designed us to become. 
And so we walk in this journey of kind of, okay, I'll come to church on Sunday and I'll play the role. But it really is, I, I, but my preconceived thoughts are this is boring. Yep. This is outdated. Yep. Uh, this is not for me. There's something better than this. The, the adventure is bigger than Sunday morning. Well, I'll tell you this. It is bigger than Sunday morning. And it has very little because when, when we die, we don't go, I've heard this before, that we don't, we don't go to the eternal church service in the sky. You know, we don't, we don't find ourselves in a situation where we are, uh, we're like, oh, we're dead now. Okay, it's time to go to service at 9 and 1045 and 1125. For eternity. And for eternity. That's not it. That's not, that's not what heaven is going to be like. There is this, there, there's this bigger story going on in this adventure. Uh, and so, so, but God's called us to that because as we, as we have thought about this, we've rejected the idea that, that there's something great for us because we've allowed this sin to speak life into that us. Ring. Okay. Yeah. So I got two great stories about this. And how the ring affected people and how one guy became destroyed by it and one guy overcame it. David is the one guy that overcame it. I'll get to his story first. Or second. The first one is King Uzziah. Again, Old Testament, Second Samuel, something like that. Maybe Chronicles, somewhere in the Old Testament. Just, you know. We really do know our Bible. We're just, <laughs> just these stories come up like, and we think yeah. about them. And anyway, so he was this young guy that became king. Could you imagine being king at 15, 16 years old? Crazy. Well, in the beginning of his story... Again, it said he was a guy who followed after God's heart, all right? And so he was successful, not because he earned it, not because he deserved it, not because he was somehow special in any way. It was just he was a guy who would would say, God, what do you want? And he would follow, and things worked out, okay? Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. Well, anyways, as what happens often, he started to become prideful, and he thought he was the one doing it. He was the one responsible for it, so he started taking credit. This amazing story unfolds where all of a sudden he starts to take on the job that other people are supposed to do. Mm. And so he walks into the temple and he starts burning incense to God because he thinks he's the man, the shiznit, as you would say. And he's in there and it, t- it says, Scripture, 80 courageous priests went into the temple and confronted him. And there's this great line in verse 16 that says, but his pride led to his downfall. Mm. And I think that ring... That sin is the, is the question, what is our but statement? He's a great dad, but. He's a great employee, but. He's a great follower, but. And Satan knows that but statement, that sin. He's a great employee, but his pride doesn't allow him to listen to correction. He's a great dad, but his anger rages out of control too often. He's a great um, husband, but at 1030 at night when his wife's asleep, he looks at porn. And and we and Satan knows that, and Satan leverages that against us over and over and over and over again. Mm. And King Uzziah, because of his pride, was so intense. When the when the when the the, the uh, priest called him out on it, he raged in anger, got furious with him, and God smited him, said, "You're done." Gave him leprosy, and he had to live the rest of his years outside of the temple and outside of the city because he was banished. Now, David. King David, the guy after God's own heart, had a butt statement too. You know what that butt statement was? Bathsheba. Oh yeah. By the way, that that's that's copyrighted, so no one else can use that. So, <laughs> anyways, and, and so here David, King David is right. Same situation. He's supposed to be the guy out in the battles, leading his men to war. But this one summer, he decided he wanted to hang out and do um, take it easy. Find some comfort. So he finds himself on top of his uh, palace. He's looking down over the side. Bathsheba, young lady, 
She's taking a bath. She's butt naked. He's intrigued by it. He goes, huh, she's kind of smoking hot. We've talked about the story. The key is he had adultery. It led to murder. Someone confronted him on it, just yep. like the 80 priests confronted King Uzziah on it. And instead of raging with pride, he in humility said, oh, what have I done? Yeah. And he wrote one of the most beautiful psalms, Psalm 51. Have mercy on me, O God, against you. You only have I sinned mm-hmm. and done what is evil. And so I think if we're talking about the rings and we're talking about the butt statement, the, the, the key to addressing that is not that you will always, like sometimes God gives us complete rescue from those to never, to never do them again. More often than not, what happens is those things will stay in our lives somehow, some way. Satan will use them again when we're tired, when we're exhausted, when we're hungry, whatever it is, to try and trip us up. It's like an addiction, yeah. any addiction, yeah. alcohol, drugs, whatever, and he will try to, 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 to trip us up. And when we trip up, and I say that word intentionally, when we trip up. There's not an if in there, yeah. No, when we trip up, we have this gut check moment of saying, will I let my pride win and say, I got this? Or we will we in humility take the road of David and say, holy smokes, against you, God, you only have I sinned. And I've done evil, one, and it brings forth confession. And so I think we have that choice when, when, we, when we have that ring in our hand and we're being compelled by it and it's starting to destroy us. Do we in pride say, I can figure this out myself? Or do we in humility say, God, this is bigger than me. I need your rescue. You know, I love that because he is the rescuer. We're not, we're not the rescuer. We can't do this on our own. And so I really feel led that I, we need, almost need to give you guys an opportunity right now. So if you're in your car, if you're at your house, if you're listening to this online, you know what, just take a minute. We're going to take a minute, and we're going we're gonna to pray right now because I really feel led that we want to give you, because we could talk about this, right? but then we never take the opportunity to seek the forgiveness because as we cast this burden on the Father, he forgives us. Absolutely. We seek this. We just say, God, forgive me. So we're going to take a minute to give you an opportunity because I guarantee that there are people that are listening to this, and that's not prophetically, that's just because I know guys right, that are bothered or or kind of casually doing a sin or are in the middle of a deep sin, just like you said, that are just like, oh, the one-outs or the at-work or the wherever they are and their thoughts or their actions or their pride sets in and they're like, okay, let me just fix this right now. Well, God's mercies are new every morning and, and, and quite frankly, God's mercies are new every minute. Right. So for us to take a time right now to just stop and go, you know what, if we want to bow our heads right now and just say, God, forgive me for the stuff that I've done. For, forgive me for the for for the brokenness that I've that I have accepted for who I am. Right. Lord, I want to let go of this sin, this thing that's so easily get us because everybody's got it, God. So I'm not alone. And I would challenge you: be specific. Yeah. Don't, Call don't, out your sin. Yeah, absolutely. If if you're a workaholic, that's sin. Our culture glorifies it. Our culture absolutely rewards it it's sin yeah. we are called to be people that work from rest not work to rest yeah call it out if you're a guy that has fallen into a bad pattern and i'm hearing this more and more and more guys that travel a lot they go they get stressed they get the massage and the massage leads to one thing or another the happy ending whatever yeah call it out which sounds some people may be like no 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 i'm like no no this is real absolutely this is real the, and that's just one of many now and then there's other things there's there, there's normal like you know, I'm going to hide from my family and I'm going to get involved in this in this sport because it, it, it casts a different identity that I'm that I'm valuable or I'm I'm important here. 
Right. Whether that's work, whether that's a sport, whether that's hanging out with the guys, and then one thing leads to another, whether that's looking at something with our eyes, the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, the pride of life, these things that just get us caught up. Right. And so for us to go, God, I'm going to stop right now, and I'm going to give this to you. If you've got to pause this, pause this, and just give this to the Father specifically. God, here is my concern. Like, he already knows, guys. Like, he's not, and he, ha- and he hasn't left you. Right. The scripture's clear to say he's never going to leave us or forsake us. Right. He's never going to chide at us. Psalm 103, I go back to that. He's not going to be like, oh, I can't believe I missed that. Right. He already knows. That's why he sent his son. For the joy that was set before me endured the cross. Where that joy. He just wants the- you to nut up and be bold with it. Yes. And say, I know it too. Yeah. And it's bigger than me and I need your help. Yeah. And so we casted him. So taking that time. In fact, this is a great time for us to stop. And, and for them to for, for us to acknowledge, listen, we're going to right, right at the end of this podcast to stop the car, to to let it go, to bow your head and say, God, here, here's my issue. Here's what I'm battling with. I give this to you. I've done this a thousand and three times. And I'm probably going to do a thousand and three times more. And that's the joy of the gospel is that it's not just for one day. It's for every minute that we live to say, I can't do this on my own. And we, we continue to acknowledge that, God, I need you because I'm a human being. Right. Because David was called the man after God's own heart. And then he sinned. Right. And God never said, now he's not a man after God's own heart. Right. He still considered him a man. after. So, so because David came humbly and said, I'm a broken man, I can't do this on my own. And so we need other guys. We, we need to realize that, that this is beyond us, that we, we need, need a armor God. armor bearers in our lives. Yes. To come alongside and go, hey, protect my heart, protect my eyes, protect my mind, and to not feel like I should have this together. But to have someone that I can go with and go, man, I'm a mess without without this. I'm a mess right. without without Jesus, and I need him to fix me. So taking this time and giving us authority to go, hey, you know what? God, I can't do this on my own. Here's my issue. Forgive me. Help me move on from this. I can't do this on my own. Right. I love it. I love it. We've talked enough. It's time for you guys to be with your father. God bless. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to By Dads for Dads on the Known Legacy Podcast. Look for us on social media under Known Legacy or go to www.knownlegacy.org to stay connected. For booking or questions, email us at info at knownlegacy.org.